Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to Minute 28 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob. I'm Tom. And joining us today again is Justin from Stinker Madness. Hello, all. See, it's so minute, like seeing you guys recently. Uh, just yesterday. <laughs> and the day before. Right. All right, well, episode 28 starts with uh, Von Luger responding to, to uh, Kuhn's comment from uh, from yesterday, and it goes all the way till Kuhn warns Bartlett about what will happen to him. This is a minute that's just pretty much a complete continuation of uh, the, the previous uh, minute scene, where uh, we have Von Luger, uh, in Von Luger's office, you have the, the two Gestapo officers, Friesen and uh, Kuhn, uh, along with an SS officer, Delivering the prisoner Bartlett over to the Luftwaffe to, to Van Luger. So the first thing that happens is Van Luger turns to Posen and says, uh, well, "Make make a note of uh, of Herr Kuhn's uh, suggestion. You know, the, as we discussed yesterday, the suggestion is to to keep him keep Bartlett strict under strict the strictest security confinement permanently, which." Uh, Again, we're not really sure what that, what what he was referring to with that. But uh, so he turns to Posen, who, uh, as we discussed a few weeks ago, Posen, uh, you know, does does all the the lapdog uh, beating of Van Luger. He's, he's also uh, pretty smirky with some of the, some of his comments or or some of his expressions that he has along the way. And uh, so just make a note of it. And then. <laughs> At that point, Kern says that they have reason to believe Bartlett is the leader of numerous escape attempts, which is completely laughable that that's what he says. He's reason to believe. I guess you have to, to bring in uh, better detectives to try and figure out, you know, what what's really going on here. They had him in the interrogation room and were like, so are you the leader of all the escapes? And he was like, no. <laughs> Damn it. This guy's impossible to crack. Yeah, well, they also mentioned that that he was that he was in their custody for three months. So that that's that 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 says a lot about Bartlett. You know that he's able to to not break under pressure of three months being in the Gestapo's care. I mean, based on based on what we all know, if if you're in the Gestapo's care, you don't you, you usually don't have an extended stay of three months. The fact that he lasted for three months, and and again, as we discussed yesterday, we have no no understanding as to why they decided to to keep him alive. You know, there's there so much easier ways to, to have dealt with uh, someone who you think is a troublemaker like this. But that line in itself that, that Van Luger basically, you know, he, he basically says to them, you know, you have three months to deal with this and you only can you only have reason to believe. I mean, that in itself shows the the, the very difference between the, the conflict between the Luftwaffe and the Gestapo and the SS you know, all, all these different areas of the German military hierarchy, each of them have their own uh, agendas and their own positions on, on everything that's going on. As uh, Tom mentioned, I think it was yesterday or maybe it was on Monday. No, I think it was yesterday that, you know, based on the pictures that we that we see in von Luger's office. So we know he's, he was a, a flyer during World War One, you know, based also on, on the, the medals that he has and stuff like that. So he he's not really into the whole nazi third reich uh, uh philosophy and he basically believes as most people usually believe that their group is the better the best you know the luftwaffe is better than the gestapo and it's also better than the ss and i'm sure that everyone in the gestapo thinks they're better than the others 
Yeah, so it, it's it's interesting to have the the three pronged perspective of uh, or conflict between these these three different branches of the the German uh, military arm at the time, and the fact that they put. I think, if I remember correctly, this might be the only time in the entire movie that all three of these wings are together in the same room. And so someone who, who isn't aware of the difference between all of them, th- this minute actually shows that there's a big difference between them. Between, I'm not trying to absolve anyone of anything they did or anything like that, but but you can see that, that, that there definitely is a difference in the, the, the stance that each of them have uh, even dealing with the prisoners themselves. Then the next line after that, you have the the SS officer who, again, I, I didn't catch his his name. Uh, he basically says, you know, one more time, and he's not going to be so lucky. Like like a, a a pretty not as aggressive of a threat as it could have been. It was still like, hey, you know, we took it easy on you last time, but next time we're going to take away your toys. Uh, how are you going to like it then? Um, where, you know, more like I'm expecting him to be like, yes, people cut off your balls and feed them to your mother. Um, so, no Wi-Fi for you. Yeah, right, right. So it, it was still kind of like a don't be naughty threat rather than the, the how would you like to be buried in a desert threat? Oh, see, I guess I took it a little differently. I... I mean, I assume they had him hooked up to a car battery this last time. And they're basically saying, you know, we did the car batteries. We did some other things. But next time, you're going to look like John Rambo when we're done with you. Or you'll wish you you looked like John Rambo by the time we were done with you. Again, he was he was in their custody for three months. I mean, come on, if they really, <laughs> they 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 must have tried everything to get this out of him. If they if they had a strong, if they reason to believe, you know that 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 he, uh, you know, back back to what we were discussing uh, yesterday about the Stalag Seventeen. So at that point, also they're you know they're trying to to get a saboteur to to confess, you know, and he just says, just let me go to sleep. <laughs> I'll tell you anything you want. Just let me go to sleep, and that's after one night. So Bartlett, Bartlett is 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 able to to hold off for for three months. That that's pretty good. There's no question about that. And then and then after that, von Luger throws in a very interesting statement, which which again shows us the difference between the Luftwaffe and the Gestapo and the SSC. He basically says all Air Force officers are ours. You know, we're the ones in charge. Which which I, I I think we discussed this a few weeks ago. The whole idea that that it's interesting that that in the the, the German military system they they chose to have or according to this movie, obviously I'm not I'm not I'm not familiar enough with the history, but they basically show that that uh, each branch of the service has their own prisons or has their own camps to to hold their prisoners, which which says a lot. Because I think you mentioned this, Tom, that, that in, in the in the U.S. Army, there's no such thing as that. I mean, you have the MPs, and they all deal with uh, everything. You know, there's not a specific branch. You know, you don't have like a, a, a you know the Navy cops and uh, and and it's it's all under the same umbrella. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's not. They're not going to say, well, you were. You know, Army, so you get to go to an Army POW camp, you were Navy, you were Air Force. It's just 
you're a POW, you're going to whichever camp has room. And then maybe it'll be uh, try to keep some level of internal continuity. So if you've got a bunch of POWs that speak one language, you try to keep them together for the sake of you don't have to have 20 different interpreters at 20 different camps. Right. That's true. And and then, you know, in that case, they, they wouldn't have put everyone together. <laughs> <laughs> right. They would have split them up, you know, then you, okay, uh, you know, they do eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and they, they, they put the Air Force prisoners together with their Army prisoners, and so maybe that's their problem here, that they put all the Air Force officers together. Yeah, but it, to be, well, it's maybe British, RAF is slightly different, because you put a bunch of U.S. Air Force members together, they're not touching the dirt. Right? <laughs> <laughs> No, well, I, I got to tell you, in the book, they mention about all the American flyers that are there. Some of them got down and dirty. They they really did. They were they were at, at one point they, they 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 split up the Americans from 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 the rest of the British Kingdom prisoners, you know, because the the prisoners came from everywhere. You had from New Zealand and uh, Rhodesia and South Africa, and uh, obviously we discussed about the Canadians and whatever. So. The Americans were, were they chose to, to put them in a separate camp in order to try to, in some ways, uh, possibly uh, appease the Americans, uh, even though the Americans were pretty pissed off that they, they moved them because, you know, they knew they were going to miss out on uh, getting out on one of the, getting out on the, the, you know, the great escape. Because they did it just a few months before they, they, uh, they, the, the escape actually happened. So Hiltz wouldn't have been with them, shouldn't have been with them, obviously. But then again, Hiltz never existed. <laughs> so he really shouldn't have appeared there. <laughs> it would make for, if, if that was how things work, it would make for a sticky situation in the future. If we ever go to war and somebody captures one of our Space Force people, they'd be like, well, we don't have a Space Force. Crap, we have to make a Space Force. <laughs> we can have Space Force POWs. Or you just can't take Space Force POWs. So you have to send them back right away. Back to space. Not, Nazi efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the, the 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 last few seconds of the of the minute, they're they're continuing their conversation about the whole things about the, that they they don't have such a professional understanding of the they not so professional understanding. And then uh, at that point, Kerr looks at uh, Bartlett and says to him, once again, they're they're very professional with the or they're very formal with the way that they they speak. He calls him Squadron Leader Bartlett. If you ever escape again and are caught, and then he's cut off. So, mm-hmm. so you'll have to listen tomorrow to hear the rest of that uh, conversation. Do you, do you have anything else to say about this minute? Just one uh, observation, and, and it could be slightly, uh, I don't know what the word is, xenophobic. Um, but um, the, and refresh my memory on what the uh, character's name is, the guy that's sitting across uh, the comment from the commandant in the in the brown jacket. Coon, coon, coon. coon. Uh, he, his accent was almost Austrian. There was a few times where he was speaking that I was like, "There's a tinge of Arnold in there," 
And I'm wondering if that was on purpose or not, or if if, if some of that was, uh, you know, Kevin Costner accenting of the 1960s or, or Nicolas Cage accenting of that point in time where the, the actor just couldn't get the German quite right, or if his character background was actually Austrian. It was just a, another little, like, hmm, in observation that I had in this scene that I didn't notice anywhere else. So Okay, well, I mean, okay, go ahead. I was going to say, the actor Hans Reiser, we're going to go with that. I mean, he was German. I mean, he was born in Munich and looked like he lived in Munich most of his life. And pretty much all his filmography is German movies and TV. So it could just be, that's his, whatever, you know, that's the voice he speaks English in without trying yeah. to do a specific cultural accent. Yeah, the, 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 the accent change of speaking somebody else's language that isn't your native, that's probably the kicker that puts that over in that area. And my stupid American ears just hear all Europeans as sounding like Tommy Wiseau, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe maybe you're right. Maybe uh, Schwarzenegger looked at this, saw this movie and loved it as a kid and decided to to change his accent to sound like Hercule along the way. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Question for the ages. Uh, apparently, because uh, unfortunately he, uh, the, the actor Hans Reiser passed away almost 30 years ago, so we can't ask him. If we, if we ever managed to get someone on the show who who uh, was still living, maybe they would know. I, we'll have to try to remember to, to 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 ask that question if we we if that ever comes to that. You never know. You never know. We we might have some surprises along the way. <laughs> I'll just let you guys know. I was not in this movie, so oh. I can't answer. Oh crap! Well, why did we invite you then? You lied to us on your resume. I've been asking that question oh, my whole life. Your whole life or your whole professional life? <laughs> <laughs> Why do these people invite me anywhere? <laughs> Apparently it's because of your charming personality. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Anyone have anything else to say about this minute? Okay. I guess that's a no. So, uh, <laughs> Justin, uh, once you, uh, once again, uh, Give everyone your plugs. Tell everyone how they can get in touch with you. You can find me at stinkermadness.com on the Stinker Madness podcast, the movie for bad movie lovers, uh, and also on all the socials at forward slash stinkermadness. And uh, email is the best way to get a hold of me, talk at stinkermadness.com. All right. And if anybody wants to get in touch with us, you can obviously uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us. Our email address is thegreatminute at gmail.com. Our Twitter address is GreatEscapeMXM. Our website is TheGreatEscapeMinute.com. And you can find us on Facebook under the Facebook group, The Cooler. So, uh, Justin, hope you'll be willing to come back again tomorrow for another day. You bet. All right. Great. Great. So, tally-ho. 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 Tally-ho.